Welcome to the Misha Rouser Show. I'm Misha, an organizational psychologist, and I'll be taking you down a path towards achieving professional success while still having fun. For over a decade, I have been guiding individuals and organizations through professional transitions. The goal is to help you, your business, or organization create a successful, engaging atmosphere without sacrificing a positive culture. So, let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Misha Rouser Show, and thank you so much for listening. Again, this show is all about leadership and professional development, everything you need to know to be more competent and competent and confident in your professional life. Everything from we have negotiation skills, communication skills, emotional intelligence, change management, and so forth. And so the idea is by listening every week, you will be able to gain valuable resources, tools, and exposure to proven research to help you in your professional development. And Benny, how are you doing this morning? Doing very well. Yeah, you're very confident on your intro, so I'll give you kudos to that. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was trying to get out the competent there was and a lot confident. Of C, there was a lot of C's in there. So you did your uh, your exercises for I was this just, morning, right? Yeah. Exactly. Me, mom, me, mom, mom, mom. Yeah, all the pronunciation all right. exercises. Yep, yep, yep. yep. <laughs> all right, so... We are going to be um, talking about change today. But before I go into that, let me go over some logistics. Again, remember, all of these shows are recorded, and you can get those from my website or from iTunes or Stitchers. If you do go to my website, um, they are slowly being populated with all the transcripts as well, so you can grab those too. The website is MishaRouser.com, and again, that's M-E-I-S-H-A. R-O-U-S-E-R dot com. Um, yeah, so go check out my website. And if um, you have any questions or any comments or anything, please do. Um, you can reach out to me via my website and send those over to me. And I've really been enjoying getting feedback from you all. Um, that's really meant a lot to me. It's great to hear how these are making a difference for you. And I love getting the questions, too. So please do go send those to me on my website. Okie dokie. So we are just going to jump right into it. Um, So what we're going to be talking about today is around change management and just one aspect of change management and thinking about, okay, big, big picture about change management. Um, What are some of the principles that we need to keep in mind when we are trying to instill change, trying to create change, trying to maneuver through change or manage through change within our workplace? Um, So the big thing is really remembering that change doesn't happen overnight. As much as we really wish we could just get it over with and get back to normal, quote unquote, that's not the reality. (laughs) I think we're all kind of realizing that. Um, And trust me, we're constantly going through change. And I think we all wish at some point, when do we go back to normal? And it's like, well, this is the normal. And so what I'm going to be talking about today is comes from a really popular um, academic book that is used a lot in the organizational field, um, organizational development field, leadership development field, and so forth. And it's by Gene Hall and Shirley Horde, and it's called Implementing Change, Patterns, Principles, and Potholes. And again, you um, can always find that book on Amazon. It is like a hundred and twenty-something dollar book. You know, don't we love our academic books and how pricey they are? And for those of you who have kids in college like myself, yeah, we feel that every right. semester. Um, or you can just listen to this podcast and get the highlights out of the book. Okay, so that's what we're going to be doing today. So let's start with the first one. 
So I have 11 principles that I wanted to reference. One is that change is a process. It's not an event. We really do think of change as an event. Um, It could be something as simple as moving. You know, one of my clients right now, they just merged and they are moving into a new location together. And it's funny, they would probably think of that as an event, but really it has been a six-month process. And it's probably going to be, you know, even though they're moving this week, another week or two or three just to get settled. So sometimes it really helps to understand that change really is more of a process. There are very few shortcuts. We just got to take our time and move through it. And so one of the things to think about then when you're thinking about change being a process is to think about then, well, what are some of the key aspects of the change process that I need to be thinking about or that maybe we can prevent or that maybe we can be proactive about to help make this change a little more smooth and, and to make, the, make it for a successful implementation. So that's one thing I, I like about their principles is thinking, again, that change is not a process. I'm sorry, is a process. It's not an event. Okay, the next one I'm going to be calling Let Go. A lot of times when we think about what the change is going to be, either if we're initiating it or the organization's initiating it, we really tend to, and human nature, just kind of create what we think is going to be the outcome of it, which is natural. But it's also um, learning to keep your sanity. It really helps to let go of what that's going to look like then. So it's, it's rarely ever does it turn out the way we thought it was going to turn out. So it's that ability to be able to let go and allow whatever wants to emerge to be able to emerge with, though, a set intention of what we're hoping is going to be the outcome. So, again, many times what was developed as the means of change can turn out not to be applicable or realistic or appropriate. Um, Sometimes what we thought we needed to move through the change isn't going to work. And so, it's again, that's part of letting go then and realizing, okay, so for us to be able to get to where we're wanting to go or to create the change we're wanting to go, we're going to have to take another direction. We're going to have to go someplace else and take a detour. So it's being willing and knowing that that's going to happen. And so we just got to let go and not get all stressed and angst about it. It also takes a lot of passion and patience, too, to let go and persistence. So when I say let go, it doesn't mean let go and just say, oh, just forget it. We're not going to do this. You still have your intention. You know, whatever change you're wanting to create, you still hold that in place. It's just how you get there and how that ultimately is going to look like. That's what you need to let go of. Um, So, again, that takes passion, patience, and persistence. And the best thing, though, about allowing, allowing yourself to let go and holding on to that control is allowing for others to be able to step up, too, and for others to be able to take ownership, which is huge in the process of change. So it can't just be your baby. If it is, you're probably going to get a lot of resistance around it. So again, that was um, principle number two, is thinking about letting go. All right, another, the next one. An organization does not change until the individuals within it change. So that's one we tend to always get caught up on. We tend to forget change is really about human nature, at least the type of change we're talking about. And so identifying the habits, the perceptions, the beliefs, you know, what is it within the organization um, that actually need to change? And then what are some of the fears that people may have around that? What are some of the hopes? What are some, you know, anticipation and so forth? So a great one to think about with that is like mergers and acquisitions. You know, when two companies come together, 
there's a lot of disruption in the change, especially in the culture. So now you've had two cultures that are, that are pretty unique, um, and now you're trying to merge those. And so it's not until the individuals inside are willing to merge, are willing to look at the other you know, people, the, to look at what is it, what are the values that the other organization creates and, and brings, until you can kind of get to that point, you're going to get friction and resistance. Um, so, and that's, that's very natural too. Um, so let's, let's pause there for a second. I'm going to bring in another tool that really I find complements change quite well. And so this is, it's the origination of this, um, it's actually a, a chart or a, a bell curve. And the origination of it is the innovation adoptive cycle. It was created, it's used a lot and it was created, I believe down from Silicon Valley about, okay, where you have your early adopters and your early majority, late majority, and so forth. And so a lot of you have probably seen this bell curve. So let me try to explain it to you and how you can also really use this bell curve in regards to change. So if you think about the bell curve, you're saying, imagine a a straight line down at the bottom, so that's on your horizontal axis. And then you're going to have what's called like a bell curve, so it's an upside-down bell, where the line of change, so those people in the beginning, for example, then, are usually what's called your innovators. They are only about 2.5% of the entire population. And so if we think about in your organization, so let's say we're, you're going to be creating some kind of a new process, of, a way of doing something in your organization, and you're trying to get everybody on, vault in, on board with it. Only about 2.5% of your group of, of team, population, organization, whatever, are going to be all over. Say, oh, this is fabulous. Yes, let's go for it. You can think about these innovators are the ones too. Um, when we think about then, and this is where a lot of this came from, is like with new technology. So like when the iPhone comes out or the new release, then you always have those people that are just like, you know, lined up right outside of the the store for 24 hours waiting to get this iPhone. And so that's that small 2.5%. And then from there, it starts to go up to your early adopters. They are the ones that make up then about another mm, about 13 to 14%. And what they're looking at is thinking, okay, well, I, I do like the new iPhone. And so... I'll probably, you know, I'm, I'm going to go for it, but I'm not going to, you know, go hang out and for 24 hours prior to it. I'll show up within the first week probably. So in your organization, the early adopters are the ones who will also tend to be like, okay, I, c- I can maybe get my head around this. Then we move into our early majority. So now that makes up another about 35%. So where these guys come on, and then they've seen everybody else, how, you know, okay, yeah, I kind of like that phone. Oh, that's pretty cool. Okay, I'm going to go get that. They're the ones within the change that are saying, okay, yeah, I can see how this isn't going to disrupt things too much, or I can, you know, my, my concerns have been addressed, or right, I'm ready to go. That is the top of your bell curve once you get all those early majorities. Then you start going down, back down the curve into your, again, about another 34, 35%, which is your late majority. They're like, okay, everybody else has one. Okay, I'll probably go ahead and get one. And then they're going to get on board. And then you start to get down to the very last point, and you got the laggard, laggards, they call them which is the last 16% of the population. Usually they're the last ones. You know, they're kind of like, okay, fine. Because of no other choice, they had to get one. Maybe the organization said, you know what, you're getting an iPhone. So in the change, you're going to get those people that eventually just come on. And then you have some of those, which again go back to about 2.5, where you're not just going to, you're not going to convert them. You're not going to help them change. And more than likely, they're probably going to leave your organization. All right, so keeping all of this in mind, the reason I want to bring this up is because a lot of times when we're thinking about change, we are focusing on the wrong side of the bell curve. We're looking at the 
late majority of the laggards trying to win them over. We don't need to be doing that. In change, what you really want to be doing is focusing on using your innovators, those people who are all over it, to help influence the early adopters who then help influence the early majority. And that's what's going to get you your tipping point when it comes to change. Okay, so we want to keep that in mind when I go back through the rest of these principles. But real quick, we're going to take a break. You are listening to the Misha Rousers Show on 1150 KKNW, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Misha Rouser Show. And of course, I am Misha. And today we are talking about change management. And so I just got done talking about using the bell curve of the innovation adoptive life cycle. And so keep that in mind as I go through the rest of these principles, because I have about 10 more principles, oh, maybe about nine, 10 more principles that I want to share with you about thinking about when we are creating change within an organization, within our team, and so forth. Okay. So the next principle we're going to go into is that innovation comes in different sizes. So it really helps sometimes, too, to think about what type of change are you creating. And so one way you can think about is using the term first order or second order change. First order change is refers to kind of an extension of past practices. Um, it's incremental. It tends to be, be linear. You're doing something maybe better. Maybe you're doing something more of something. Maybe you're doing something less of something. Um, it could be something that you're going to be doing for greater accuracy. So that one, for example, would be changing the way a process is done. Um, like we're going to change the way we contact our vendors and how we're going to um, – maybe we're using a new CR, CRS system you know, for sales management and so forth. That kind of change is first order. It's more of just kind of getting used to and making these incremental steps. It's not necessarily a huge behavioral change other than it's a change in habits of how we're doing something. Whereas second order change, now this gets much more complicated and is more large scale. Um, this involves behavioral changes and, and individuals' changes in their belief systems that impact the relationships within the organization and the culture of the organization. So a great example of this one would be, again, like a merger or acquisition, um, maybe a change in hierarchy. So now we're really the, – the people in the organization really have to change the way they're looking at things, their belief systems, and so forth. So it helps to understand when you're working through change, too. Well, what kind of change am I working with, and what do I really need to be paying attention to? If it's going to be a second-order change, you're going to be paying a lot more attention of the process – of how to slowly start getting people to feel more comfortable about this process before you even get into the change, and then how you're going to help them through the change and then support them on the other side of it. So much more complicated when you're thinking about second order. The reason I point this out, too, is a lot of times we get so spun up thinking that a first order change is really something more complicated than it needs to be, or vice versa, we think a second-order change, something that is a lot more complicated because it takes such a, a change in behavior or belief systems, 
and we treat it like a first order system. Oh, we're just going to put in this new process. So this is how it's going to be. And we want you to start doing that on Monday. Um, Sometimes it really is a second order change and it needs more preparation to lead into that. Okay. Next one is interventions are the actions and events that are the key to success. Okay, so another one, in other words, how do you orchestrate constant conversations? So when you think about this, one-legged, what they call one-legged discussions, that's not going to hold, especially when you're talking about it, some type of larger second-order change, is the constant conversations over time. A one-legged discussion means, yeah, you know, what are you thinking? We're thinking about changing this, or we are going to be changing this. Yeah, it's going to start this day. Okay, great. And you're just leaving it at that. No, we want to be thinking about, you know, when we think about one-legged, that doesn't give the stool or the table enough to stand on. You need to think about all the other aspects that you need to be talking about, and you need to be talking about them consistently over and over and over, and not only talking about them, but showing them too, showing people uh, maybe doing infographics, maybe doing some type of um, presentation or slideshow or something where it's a visual too can really help people then um, work and move forward to understand, okay, what's going to be happening. All right. Our next one is creating bridges. So when we think about that, what we're talking is sometimes the, we're wanting people to, to make a huge leap of faith to, or to you know cross this chasm again if you're thinking like mergers and acquisitions say oh yeah this other group is great we're going to be acquiring them and we're going to reorganize and it's all going to be just fine well you guys all know <laughs> it's like no that's going to evoke fear and everybody like oh my god my life is totally going to change so these bridges or sometimes i call them planting seeds letting people know okay why why could this be beneficial for them What's in this? What is this process going to look like? How is it going to unfold so that they can start seeing the infrastructure, the work of of the bridge that's going to take place to move from this from where we are now to where we're going to be going? And that's going to help people a lot and feel much more in control and stable and and, and feel more self-assured going through this. So, again, when you're creating those bridges, think about what seeds are you planting? What's in it for them? What are the steps that we're going to be taking to get there? And again, taking the time to explain those things. All right, the next one is thinking about leadership is so essential to long, long-term change success. If you really do not have the leaders involved, you know, the higher-ups, higher then it's probably not going to hold. So bottom-up movements, they will sustain. Um, they, uh, they can for a little bit, but they will probably not be sustainable over a long period of time without leader support. So keep that in mind, too, about you really do have to have leadership support. Now, with that, that brings in another one of that facilitating change is a team effort. So here's one of the other principles. Everybody needs to help. Everybody has to be part of that process, which means then it's not just the higher-up leaders, but everybody in the organization, from managers, supervisors, and team leads and so forth, they all need to be in, on board with the change as well. So going back to like our bell curve earlier, those are the kinds of people you want to be pulling in and working with as your early adopters and such because they will help then shift and get those early majority on to then create that tipping point. Um, so remember, everybody does need to embrace this. And that's why, too, this, this may take a while to get everybody on board. All right, the next one. Appropriate interventions reduce resistance to change. 
So again, pay attention to the individual needs and concerns and, and address their concerns of the people who are going to be going through this change. So when we think about that is then think about that process. How much time do they need? Some people are going to need a lot longer. Okay, so for example, if you think about like when you have little kids, and um, I remember like when I was when my kids were really young, and I was taking them to the, I was taking my son to the playground, and we'd have this other play date with this other woman and her son, and it was so you know whenever we're getting close to the end, I would be able to just like okay, you know, tell my son, okay, Garrett, we got to go. Well, for her, she'd be having to do okay, Jonathan, fifteen minutes, and we're going to be going. And then I'm looking at Vinny. He's like, yeah, I totally can I've relate. had both those scenarios, like five minutes and then five more minutes because you feel bad. But then there's those times where you got to go. Yeah. You just, we've got to go. Right. And so for some people, though, mm-hmm. for some kids, and you can usually tell, and if you're this type of kid, like for her, she had to keep building up. Okay, Jonathan, one more minute. Okay. And if she did not do that and she tried to pull him off with no warning, what would it be? Um, probably a pure meltdown. Total meltdown. Exactly. <laughs> Saw it coming. So that's what we have, too, when we're thinking about change within the organization. Some people really need a lot of preparation, a lot of time to think through this. They need an outlet to talk to. They need to know, okay, what's really going on? And don't assume, oh, but we had a survey, and then we sent them out a newsletter, and we gave them all this information, and, and we even had you know the, a little time for them to talk about it. Believe it or not, for some people, that's still not enough. It's still sometimes they need to come into your office or you need to pull them aside or something to say, okay, what's going on? What else are you worried about? Um, So it's just really helping to take the time to address where is everybody at and addressing their fears and helping them uh, and move through that transition. Okay, and then the last one is to always remember, too, that the context for the organization um, influences the process of change. So in other words... Is everybody involved? Do they understand the shared vision, mission, goals? You know, where are we going as an organization? Do they see the big picture? And is everybody on board with that? Um, with that then, too, means, yeah, we all see that. And then also really think about creating a learning organization, you know, an, an organization that realizes, okay, this is what our values. These are our visions. These are our goals. This is where we're hoping to go. We're, you know, creating this change. Will we make some mistakes along the line? Yeah. We will. You will. We all will. That's okay. But we're going to keep moving forward in this direction, and we're all on board going in the same direction. So that's the last context to understanding organizational changes, making sure that everybody understands what is the big picture, what's my part in it, and it's okay. Things probably are not going to go really smooth, and that's okay. You know, you learn from it, and you're just like, okay, ta-da, sorry, I messed up. Okay, what do we need to do, and how do we keep moving forward? All right, so those were some little bits of um, information and some tips and tricks on how to work with change. Again, if you have any questions on anything, please reach out to me on my website. would love to hear from you. In the meantime, you have been listening to the Misha Rouser Show. And of course, I am Misha, coaching you towards success. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to the Misha Rouser Show on Alternative Talk 1150. Join Misha every week Tuesdays, 9.30 to 10 a.m. as she takes you down a path toward achieving professional success while still having fun. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your colleagues. Misha helps people and organizations be successful all while staying on a positive path. Tune in next week for the Misha Rouser Show.